Alright, okay, so we've got a tweet from Graham, our friend Graham. He's at gbarl, G-B-A-R-L on Twitter. He says, so much exposition in the latest episode, I fell asleep twice when trying to watch it. Mm-hmm. Got there in the end. Worth it, but be disappointed by lack of Borg action. Well, it's fair, there wasn't much Borg action. Yeah, I know. When they all started saying, what did they say, we are Borg or whatever, I was like, oh, here we go. And then they all just got, like, farted out into space. Yeah. So, whatever. There wasn't much hot Borg on Borg action. There was not much hot Borg on Borg action, but we did see... um. Seven of nine. Yep. Seven of nine got plugged, plugged in, in and got to be the queen. Why is yep. that? I don't know enough about her. I don't know why. Why that's a thing. Maybe any Borg can be queen. Maybe any lady Borg can be queen. Well, that's a little bit. Um, <laughs> that's a little bit homophobic, don't you think? All right. This is a uh, uh, noted correspondent, Jonathan. I had to. Who was a year below me in high school? Yeah, I had to check that he was realize. a real man because um, I started to suspect he was just my mum trying to like <laughs> give us some fodder. Like, God love them. Let's pretend they have a listener. Uh, okay, so Jonathan uh, retweeted at Trek Culture for us, who said, Star Trek Picard's theme is what Bantai plays in The Inner Light. Do you remember that episode? No. Oh, it's really good. You do remember it. What happens is, it's the one where Picard wakes up and he basically he's in a sort of village and they convince him that his life aboard the Enterprise has been an, like a, a dream. Oh, yeah. Yes, and he lives like that. a whole life. He lives like decades. Yes. And then the sort of star system, he's a kind of witness to the sort of collapse of a... So when you say the theme, you mean like the music at the start? Yeah, the music at the start of Picard is the theme that Bantai plays in the inner light. I think Bantai is the sun. I'm not totally sure. That's a, it's a good fact. Nice yeah, it's, c- the one, it's the one where Picard, he plays like a sort of recorder thing. Do, 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 do. Yeah, and then... He, pay license fees now. And then when he, gets back to, um, when he gets back to the Enterprise, he's still got it. Anyway, I like the episode. I, I genuinely, well, I genuinely love the episode. So what Graham saw as tedious exposition, I actually saw as drawing the narrative together. I thought they were beginning to pull... And we sort of, we we saw why things had happened the way they had happened, and we started seeing a lot of, um, you know, the, the sort of narrative arcs being resolved in a way that you normally see, sort of like you know, three quarters of the way through an episode. Um, the thing the thing that I found quite difficult was I really really like Rios, and I really really like all the holograms as well, particularly. And um, what's the Spanish one called? The weapons guy. Oh, I don't know. Oh, he, I really liked him. But it was like too late to have a mystery about him. Like too late in the day. Like when Rafi was trying to put it all together, I was just like, oh, who cares about Rios's backstory? But actually, it was really interesting. But there was too much like um, telling and not showing. Like I'd like to have seen some flashback. But maybe they couldn't stretch to like younging down. <laughs> maybe they couldn't stretch to making Rios look young, or like CGIing out his beard. <laughs> But even within, oh well, no, because they'd also just ferment his beard for, yeah. um, for him being the um, protocol droid or the That's hell right. his position is. Yeah, I like him. Um, I, in fairness, he is doing as much as I think Alison Pill is the best actor in this whole thing. In this whole bun fight. What about Chris Rios? Pat Stewart. Even better than Pat. Stewart. Even better than Pat Stewart. I really yeah. t- honestly think she is exceptional. She is good. But even better than all that, like um, the actor playing Rios is having to do 12 acting jobs in one <laughs> and although um he's yeah, orphan blacking it <laughs> his accents are of variable quality yeah i mean yeah. whose wouldn't be though who could i mean like hiddleston could do all those accents that's about it but uh, i mean you know i'm not suggesting we have john Colshaw. 
<laughs> starring in a major um, I, I I charitably said maybe his Scottish accent was a, an ode to Scotty. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, <laughs> so his English accent is great, his Spanish accent is great. So he's a Chilean, Chilean British actor. So he's a Chilean actor, British yes, actor. So yes. unsurprisingly, those two accents seem good. His yeah. Irish accent even seems reasonable to me, and his Scottish accent seems appalling, but... I suspect that might be part of the fact that I am Scottish and much more tuned didn't, to Scottish I've heard, accents. I've heard worse Scottish accents, I have to say. It wasn't the worst I've ever heard. Uh, no, in fairness, part of it was the script, the fact that um, they just sort of like throw random Scots vernacular. They yeah, just not, substitute in, not all no Scottish people say Ken. Ken. Yeah, you've got to be like from the northeast to say that. <laughs> well, also, you Do Glaswegians say, say that? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. You say, yeah, I can. I can. <laughs> <laughs> or something, but like it's not just a case of dropping them random. Spoke words. Nonsense, and we watched it with the subtitles on. That was pretty hilarious. Which reminds me of the anecdote that we attempted twice to tell in the last episode. Oh before yeah, the, we the blazing row anecdote, and that we didn't. We we neither we didn't actually record because we just argued about it too much. So we argued about which character it was. So <laughs> Maybe just you know. do you just be quiet for this. I will. Next, I'm going to stay with it, even though it's my anecdote. It's your I anecdote, learned, but yeah. just. But you told it wrong. You told it wrong, Jenny. Told so, my own anecdote wrong. In the film Brave, um, when they were screen testing, I think some of the actors they wanted somebody. They wanted one of the characters in Brave, the Disney Pixar film, to talk nonsense, to talk gibberish, a little bit like Rios does in this episode in his persona as um, the engineer on the ship, Ian. Ian, and they had uh, one of the actors who Ian was reading. No, it wasn't though. You've got the. No, 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 you got the actor right, you got the character wrong. Reading the the voice, just he says, "Well, I'm 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 from Aberdeen, so I can just do Doric, and you won't understand." They told it. him to speak gibberish. Yeah, that's what, and just he what said, I said. I'll speak I've said Doric. That Listeners will have just heard you trying to correct. No, me. what what they'll have heard is you mansplaining my own anecdote. To me. But you got the character wrong. I didn't say a character at you all because you said it was one of the three. No, I didn't say it this time. No, not this time. That's fair. You just brought that. That's like <laughs> I'm just never been broadcast. <laughs> so anyway, um, anyway, the, music over this. the point of this was they said to him, "Do it, speak gibberish, please." And he spoke in Doric, which is the the, the sort of accent and dialect of the northeast of Scotland or in Aberdeen, which does indeed sound like nonsense to people it outside of Aberdeen. It absolutely doesn't. Oh, do you not think so? Do you not think it's unintelligible? Do you think it sounds like gibberish? I think that if, in the same way as somebody speaking Glaswegian sounds like gibberish to somebody from it's Newcastle. Not what it sounds like. I don't think it sounds like gibberish, like it's intelligible, but they, there's like funny turns of phrases, like they'll say, Foo's your do's for how are that you? Means how, <laughs> how are your pigeons? How are your pigeons? <laughs> Foo's your do's. Anyway, but so they had, um, at one point in, in this Picard, they had the actor playing Rios doing a Scottish thing, and, he, and even because we had subtitles on, as we often do, because our kids are sleeping in the next room. And even the subtitles made no sense. It yeah, the subtitles were just nonsense. Obviously, the script was just bollocks. That's quite difficult, though, if someone says, put on an accent and just say something that sounds like it could be a sentence, but it's bollocks. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was a really good episode. And I did like, there's like some semblance of a kind of plot that drew everyone together. Mm-hmm. And Alison Pill was like, that was she great. Was it up. She yep. pilled it right up. Rios did have a really interesting story. Would have liked to have actually seen some of his backstory yeah, as fair. flashback because yeah, they've yeah. shown us enough flashback. Yeah, um, a little flash of data. Mm-hmm. Um, we, Just I, for like, I thought the um, what did they call it? The admonition. Yes, that's was really good. funny. But that's what I'm saying. Like, so the, 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 but they're beginning to like you know, the, you know, position. 
and give you context and, and reasons for everything having happened, which is really good. I like the callback to Ephraim. What was his name again? First oh, I contact. I really yes. like that callback to him. Um, but yeah, I liked it when they watched the admonition and like people just, like one woman killed herself, another woman started hitting herself Smack with a brick. Head with a... <laughs> another woman started gouging her eyes, but I stopped looking at that point in case it went gross. <laughs> Um, also, note on swearing, there was some swearing again, and yes. uh, I noted that Picard never swears. Yes, which is another He's Picard through and through. Which is another good reason for the for having swearing because it's come in for some criticism about having swearing in Picard. But I think it, you know it made sense in context when it first happened, and it makes sense in context now because it gives you a counterpoint to Picard, to Jean Luc himself. Yeah, he never swears. He's he's just like his own guy. And um, we saw more of him sort of acting a bit more old manish than bringing out his old manish when he when he sat and ate with Soji. He had a very old man. He just had some soup and a, a glass of water. A glass of water and some, a slice yeah, of white bread. He's an old man. But it did, you know, it was at that point that I, I really began, I got a bit of a tingle about the, the whole kind of theme of this. And it maybe I genuinely can't answer the question about whether I would have picked this up before we ourselves were parents, but the whole kind of narrative of this seems to be a lot about parents. You've got, obviously, um, Bruce Maddox as parent to Data. You've got Data as parent to Soji and Daj. You have got, as we said last episode, you have got um, Riker and Troy as children to their ageing and increasingly infirm Father, who's still out Picard, there, Picard, who's still you know gadding about, yeah, you know, doing crazy stuff, and then you've got Picard as parent to Daj and Soji as a proxy parent, as a godfather, if you like. To Picard, them. like calling into um, Starfleet and asking for support. I'm like, oh my god, this is like a uh, um, email scam. There's no way they're coming to help. <laughs> but yeah, you've always got, you've always had <laughs> Star, too trusting. Star Trek as parent proxy as well yeah. and that's always been one of the big sort of storylines because yeah what did i say star trek sorry starfleet as a parent proxy because you've always had the it's always been a really easy trope for them to reach for of daddy and mummy letting you down so in theory there could only be two episodes left yeah. i say in theory because i don't know where i got the idea there were 10 it could turn out there's 22 <laughs> <laughs> we've got loads well, left I tell to what go. There, what, tell what there definitely is is there's more there's another series. There's, you know, there's. We know there's another series. Even if we didn't know there was another series, there was obviously like the whole thing had obviously been written as giving another series because you've got so much more to do, and we've seen you know, characters have been introduced that don't have. Any. By the way, I said this to you as we were watching Seven or Nine. Jerry Ryan. Why has Jerry Ryan never achieved the same level of superstardom? that Angelina Jolie has. Yeah, basically, Chris feels that... Um, she's been done. She's been she, done. <laughs> Angelina Jolie has... Stolen. Yeah, taken robbed. her career, yeah. essentially. But I looked on IMDb, and she, don't worry about her. She's not like, you know, she's not living in a box or anything. She's had a very successful career, just in nothing that we've ever watched. Well, that's true, but... I, I, but I, she's I been in Bosch. She has. Again, she's been CSI incredible. something. CSI something. CSI Borg Cube. But she was, she's so good. She's so good. She's older than Angelina Jolie. Maybe it just wasn't her time. Yeah. I anyway. I enjoyed this episode. I know Graham didn't. It was. It was. I, I did. I found my mind wandering a little bit. Well, to an extent, but like I, I, I enjoyed the fact that they were beginning to pull those threads together in the narrative. I'd like to go into Rios's quarters, sex den, sex den, and drink some of whatever he was drinking, and look at all his pictures and try on his uniform. Yeah. His bare feet. 
Something about a captain and bare feet. <coughs> Weird fetish. Um, do you want something we didn't speak about last week that I said I was going to... Well, you said we were going to speak about is when I was rummaging through my handbag. Do you remember what I shouted? Yes. What was it? When are we all going to get borged? Exactly. I can't wait to get borged. I would like all my passwords and security stuff in my head. I'd like to not need keys for my house. I'd like to not need a card to pay for things. So there, there's perennially... I want to, I want to like, minority report my way through life. I remember, like, there's a tweet from you. I, I should, could search for it. You, you can search for it, dear listener. There's a tweet from you. That if you search the phrase, um, uh, barcode buttock from colon <laughs> stitch bitch, you'll find you're just saying, like, or maybe it was a column you wrote, yeah. actually. Just barcode me. The QR code on my ass. The best fine. thing that's happened in my lifetime is like direct debit and online banking because I just could not deal. I still, to this day, cannot deal with any kind of paperwork or things. Yeah. I can just about hang on to my door pass for work. So here's a question, and I genuinely don't know the answer how I would answer this. There have been several trials done where companies ask their employees, would you like to be implanted with a like RFID chip? to act as your sort of door pass. If yes. Because like. frankly, almost everything that I have, pretty much everything I have is in my phone or my watch. The, the only, only thing, thing that is my is my ID for work. The only thing that would scare me is someone cutting off my buttock or wherever it was implanted. But but you don't work anywhere sufficiently secure. Well, you don't know. Someone might really want to look, look at my behind-the-scenes pictures of the Avengers premiere. <laughs> I've got access to like a lot of you know interesting press images, man. Yeah, that's true. I probably would, but that makes us unusual. I think most people would would really recall the friends, idea of having my that. friend Zoe like, won't even have a nectar card. Yeah, to be, to be tracked. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, it's not that I want to be tracked. It's just I can't keep hold of all the things. But it is interesting as well because it, it's a kind of um, it's a privileged thing again, isn't it? Because we are white middle class cisgender people. Yeah, exactly. I don't have to worry about. We being, don't have to worry about being tracked. Yeah. tracked with capital T. Well, I'm not going to be racially profiled for committing a crime or whatever um, because I'm a you know nice. White fat mum. And these are the. Um, does not look threatening in any way, shape, or form. These are the things that science fiction make us think about. Yeah. But, like, it's true. I, I, I'm kind of okay. So, I remember years and years ago thinking, well, you know, why don't we have national ID cards or why don't we have facial recognition for CTV cameras because I've got nothing to hide? But, of course, it's not about me. No, exactly. And we have to use our, our privilege to sort of say no because. And there's a big conversation tonight. Do you know this about like um, cash only? About, about yeah, being cash because being, not everyone has a bank account, yeah. for example. And um, yeah. The idea is if we take cash out of circulation entirely, then we are disproportionately disadvantaging people who don't have much money in inverted commas exactly, in cash, yeah. but they don't have much economic leverage. And also it, makes, you know, it means all payments are trackable and, you know, even I have had cause not to have payments being trackable in the past. You know, I've yeah, all done it, but have, like, yeah. but there's been occasions where I quite like you know things to to not be on my bank account. Yeah, I've always done it. That sounds so shifty. It does sound shifty as all. Well, like I used to think when I at my very worst, um, I used to think if I ran away, if yeah. I wanted to run away, you thought with this often. I could uh, just pay cash. Yeah. No one would know where I'd gone, but no. um, yeah, there's passports now, so I, you'd track me down eventually. <laughs> I'm is, not going to run away; it's okay. <laughs> but it is a thing, isn't it? Like you, you do occasionally. One does occasionally entertain those fantasies. Like, how long would it take? Yeah. How long would it take until I am missed? And I don't mean like missed. Ah, we miss her. I used but like, to, literally missed. No, I used to. Um, I had a teaching job. 
I had a teaching job that was fine, but it was incredibly stressful. In South London, I was very young, 23, 24, and the train I used to get to my teaching job used to go all the way to Brighton. And the number of times I used to think, what if I stayed on this train and went all the way to Brighton? How long would it take someone to realise I wasn't there? And how long would it take them to figure out where I was? I used to think maybe I could get a couple of hours on the seafront before anyone came looking. And that's when I knew it was time to change careers. Yeah, I remember thinking, I remember, who was it? Oh, I was listening to Susan Kalman again with uh, Nick Helm, who we adore I on... I love him, uh, he's yeah, so funny. Countdown, uh, stand-up comedian, uh, sort of character actor, but so he appeared on Susan Kalman's uh, Mrs Brightside in the episode I'm listening to currently. It's literally on my, uh, on my playing screen on my podcast app just now. And he and Susan, and there was a content warning at the start of the episode, and perhaps we should have done this as well. Anyway, content okay, warning. content warning. Um, if you're not feeling your best, maybe you listen to last week's episode. <laughs> but they were both talking about what Snowpiercer wishing, <laughs> they, you know, wishing for for harm to come to them that would debilitate them, but not ultimately long term harm. Them. Oh, J.K. Rowling speaks about that she when does. she when she didn't want to write the final Harry yeah. Potter book. She wished she would break an arm. <laughs> yeah. I remember interesting the slight flash, but but the funny thing is as well. Like, I know there is an actual phenomenon. I forget what it's called, but a phenomenon in humanity that says you know when you're standing on the edge of a cliff or on top of a tall building, you get that slight sort There's of feeling a word in your groin yeah. of wanting just to throw yourself off. Yeah. Um, and I think everyone feels really ashamed and terrified of that impulse until you realise it's a bit like imposter syndrome. You realize everybody we, has it. Why are we talking about this? Don't know. Should we talk about next <laughs> cash? Those should, payments. Shall we talk about media? <laughs> That we haven't. Yeah, that you're, we've you're going to have to go first because I haven't consumed any. Well, I haven't really consumed very much either. Again, this week made any interesting media. You broke a story, broke a interesting story. Yeah, so I I, I don't want this to be too meta because we're on a podcast talking about me being the head of podcast, producing a podcast. Okay, well, don't talk about it. We then. had an interesting time on Friday this week where we had um, one of our podcast that I produce at my work is called Northern Goal and it's a podcast about football teams in the north east of Scotland, the north of Scotland and uh, we happen to have the chairman of one of the biggest teams in that area in for an interview and as we were interviewing him somebody literally held up to the window a handwritten sign saying (laughs) like on TV all matches have been suspended and I actually thought the the person there was talking to the the PR woman Zoe who was in the room at the same time and uh, as producer, I was sitting there with, you know, working the mixing desk and stuff. I hadn't quite caught on to the fact that it was supposed to be a message for the presenters. That's amazing. So the, all, all that matches were in, being suspended. Didn't Terms. that, didn't that happen exciting. in um, the thick of it? They like, wrote something down and held it off to yeah. the window. Um, I listened to the clip and I was disappointed the guy didn't do a massive spit take. He just, <laughs> well, just really like... In fairness, there was an edit. <laughs> there was an edit. There was an edit. But okay. I love the fact the clip starts with him saying just, you know, obviously we're just getting this news now. It, yeah. felt, it felt very, uh, very exciting. Current, yeah. And for podcasting, which is a medium that obviously, um, you know, we quite often, some of the podcasts we produced a year ago, people are still listening to, and that's for like sports podcasts. Yeah. And so they're still sort of engaging with it. But one, one, of the, one of the things I have been listening to this week that I really want to recommend is a podcast by uh, Big Light Media, which is a new podcast production sort of network started up in Scotland by a couple of women, uh, Leslie Riddick and her business partner. And it's producing a really interesting array of podcasts. There'll be lots more coming out. But one of the ones they're producing is called Old School. 
and it uh, features for this first season a woman called Ida Schuster, who is a hundred and something. I've heard of her. And it's her story about her life, and it's 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 a really fascinating thing because it's it's about it's not about anything. It's just about her and about the life she's led, and about but it's a it's a it's an incredible place to spend a few minutes. If you lived over a hundred, you're just going to have an interesting story to tell. Yeah. My granddad, who only lived to 80, still could tell amazing stories about, like, he said the first time he went outside after electric streetlights were introduced in Aberdeen, he said it was like daylight. Now, obviously, it wasn't even remotely like daylight, but mm. to him, it seemed like broad daylight. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that's so interesting. How interesting to be, who have, to have uh, come of age and then grown old in sort of last century. There was a, a Reddit thread I saw uh, a season before we recorded um, and it was like imagine God only checks in with humanity every thousand years and he checks in at 0 BC, 1000 BC and 2000 BC like what does he think about what's, what does she think about <laughs> about what's happened in the intervening time um, and it's kind of really fascinating that, that, that kind of the sp- I, I, I think Jane has like the speed of progress has massively speeded up I don't think it's just a sort of um, anthropocentric point of view, but it's ins- it's incredible that we got to that that stage. Mm. But I remember, like, um, so your your own dad when he was at school, he learned on slates. He wrote, which he, even his contemporaries find funny, but um, but he was in the northeast of Scotland. He was in the far northeast of Scotland in an extremely rural area because his uh, parents worked on a farm. So yeah, he wrote on they had slate to write on. They used it like kids use a whiteboard now. They would hold up their answers on slate. Um, yeah. But they also, I mean, they had water from a well as well when he yeah. was a kid. And you're only talking about the early 50s. You know, it's not that long ago. Yeah. But then I was thinking... It's funny because you go see these sort of memes about like, oh, yeah. kids today don't know what a VCR is. Or, I know. You know, what does this picture of a cassette have to do with this picture of HP Pencil? But it's like, well, that's hilarious. But but step back 10, 20 years before. Well, it, make, it makes me feel terrible because I get annoyed at my dad because like he can't always work his iMessage. It's <laughs> like, yeah, Jenny's learned a lot. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's my media really is, is um, old school Ida Schuster is is fab it's a really really good thing I, I, I might also point out that I think in the intervening time I don't think we talked about this in last week's episode I won an award you did win an award does that mean this is now an award winning no it it's just a, means a, we're a podcast it's a podcast with, produced an by an award winning producer <laughs> congratulations on your award so I won an award from the podcast pub, pub, the publisher podcast awards the inaugural did you awards. win an award for amazing beard? No. Did you win an award for? My beard has for, been trimmed. Did you win an award for? I don't know what was it for. It was, it was called podcast hero of publisher podcast hero of the year, and it was for key individuals within the industry, within the publishing industry, who are sort of setting best practice and demonstrating the value of podcasting to their respective organisations and sort of you know being inspiration within the industry and out with the industry. As well, so it was mm, very nice flattering, work. and it was flattering as well because we didn't know that that category existed. You went all the way to London, all the way to London, because two of the podcasts that uh, that we produced were uh, shortlisted. Incidentally, I don't like nominated. People use the word nominated for podcasts. Why do you like? And that? most podcasts you submit to. Most sorry, most awards you submit to. So not that somebody. Oh, like, so like short. So shortlisted. nominated so, sounds like. Sounds nominated to me sounds like like the Nobel or somebody. You know, oh, or for KBE or something, where somebody yeah, nominates yeah. you to that position. Yeah, that's not the case for most awards that I'm aware of. Most awards and industry awards are, you know, you submit your award for consideration, and then they 
whittle it down. And not all the podcasts that we put forward for consideration for PubPod were um, shortlisted. Um, so I don't like nominated, I like shortlisted. But we've also had another of our podcasts shortlisted, the Stushy, which is our politics podcast, he's Thompson Media's politics podcast, has been shortlisted for a, a Scottish uh, Press Award as well. So that's super exciting. That's awesome. Wow. I feel like so we should... So what awards have you been shortlisted for? Um, I haven't, I haven't been shortlisted week? for any awards and I've actually never won a professional award of any kind. So this feels great to would talk you, about. Would you like to be awarded Best Mummy? I, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. It's a, it's a reward in itself, really. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. So I'll talk about <laughs> It's like the most thankless task. Um, yeah, no, I've had a, I've had a fairly shitty week it's i'll been be a, honest it's been a, a fuck of a week i had a week off said. work this this week which uh i'm not going to blame my child but in my pre-child days would have meant a lot of media consumption there has been a lot of media consumption <laughs> because our daughter has was almost certainly a cold but we're keeping her in to be on the safe side so that's so the week you had off was in, <laughs> was in theory it was for my birthday yes it was in theory for your birthday, but um, it's very rapidly turned into a containment. <laughs> a containment of our daughter's snot. Um, so that poor child has been in the house since Tuesday. And I don't know if you've ever seen a four-year-old in a confined space. It's uh, it's not pretty. She's done pretty well. She's done incredibly She's well. done very well. Um, but yeah, we've watched... I, I have watched nothing. I want nothing. That you want to watch. I watched Picard... With you, yeah. that we've just spoken about. Other yeah. than that, I've watched The Incredibles 2 twice. I don't know why we didn't watch The Incredibles and then The Incredibles 2, but no, no, no. We've watched The Incredibles 2 twice. You've watched a lot. We've watched the short of Baby Jack-Jack about a thousand times. Uh, we've watched a lot of um, Dog Loves Books. Yeah. If, if you have a child and you would like to get them into television, try Dog Loves Books. Uh, she loves that. Yeah. Uh, we've watched that a zillion times. I know the theme song now, Dog Loves Books. He reads them every day. Yeah. Um, that's it. I've watched nothing. I've been so tired. Played a lot of Barbies. Played a lot of Lego. I'll be honest, guys. I'm at a low ebb. Yeah. Uh, listen, to, there's really good new Dead Eyes. I did listen to new Dead Eyes, new Flop House. They're always my two recommendations. And actually, this uh, episode of Dead Eyes, I think it's episode seven, is a standalone episode. So you don't have to listen to all the other Dead Eyes. You can just listen to the new Dead Eyes. I'm proving to Jenny that I've got Dead Eyes queued up you in have. my list of playing. And next how many podcasts. have you listened to? None. None. Listen to zero. That's fine. But they're there in my queue. They're there. They're in waiting. All those Dead Eyes looking at you. I did start listening actually this week to. Um, 13 Minutes to the Moon, which is the BBC World Service's podcast about the moon landing. Well, why didn't you listen to Dead Eyes? Um, like I recommended. Well, that was actually technically before you'd well, okay. recorded last, ep- last week's episode. Yeah. Um, uh, and unbeknownst to me, they're, they're doing season two. Season two of that is out now. I don't want this to become a podcast recommendation podcast because no, that's it's a bit, a bit ridiculous. Too, well, I really meta. wanted to see, um, I've been waiting to see Onward. It's finally come to DCA, yeah. the Mount Cinema, at which I work. Um, tomorrow, but I guess we're not taking the child out, and I, it feels weird going to see that on my own. <laughs> I mean, it didn't before I had a child, but leaving your child at home to go and see <laughs> yes. a kid's film is kind of weird, so I probably won't do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would very much like to hear what other people yes are listening to Absolutely. because we, we have. I, have, I mean, so far today we've spoken about running away, yeah, getting borged, yeah, losing a buttock. So basically, she wants to abandon her humanity. I just, I need an and escape. Here's what I don't want to listen to: true crime. No, 
I never. Mm, yeah. I don't want to listen to anything. I, I'm not interested in any sort of like horror or like blood or gore. So I've never listened to any true crime podcasts. Have you? I'm too worried about crime to listen to true, true so, crime. So I, I I had to listen to one for work for various reasons, <laughs> um, and I find it I find it too upsetting. I like it's too upsetting. I, yeah, I, you know. And it was, you know, there was the you know, impactful music, and I, was, I, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. No, genius people have good no imagination. I, I work it. <laughs> I do think. Um, well, I'm not being disparaging because a lot of my contemporaries really enjoy horror films, and I guess it's a kind of like cathartic experience. But I do feel like, have you not? Do you not have enough pain in your life? Why oh, do you need more pain? Can I talk to you about anxiety? You can talk to me about anxiety. It's a pet uh, subject of mine. If you haven't listened to all the podcasts, I was crippled with anxiety for two years following the birth of my child and uh, was medicated for much of that time. I am now, as you can tell... Fine. <laughs> completely <You're> happy. happy. <laughs> Did you see my tweet today? I can't remember if I tagged you in. Maybe. But, um, uh, so a colleague of mine, David Lewis, uh, who's one of the breakfast presenters at Original FM, one of our radio stations, Tweet to say that he's you know normally a calm, collected, and happy person, but you know his anxiety, and he doesn't have anxiety, but you know he's feeling a little bit anxious in the context of the coronavirus and everything else. Um, but I'd actually seen some narratives, uh, I think through Kieran Jenkins, but through other folk on Twitter talking about the fact that you know even I know it's Charlie Brinkhurst Cuff, I think even people who have anxiety disorders conditions, um, a few few of them have identified and jumped on the thread to say. Actually, I'm cool <laughs> because yeah. I'm constantly catastrophizing. Yeah. And now that the worst inverted commas is happening, yes. it's not, it's not yeah. actually happening. I would say the anxious among us are probably the most <laughs> well equipped to deal with this. Yeah, I mean, because David's point was kind of thinking like, <laughs> if you have anxiety, Christ, you must be. You know, you're stratospheric with worry just now, yeah. but actually... No, you kind of expect the worst to happen. So when stuff starts going wrong, you kind of think, all right, I, I had thought this through. I think... Yeah, you th- you think of you think of calamity, and that, this isn't calamity yet, no. but it seems to be heading that way. But you feel like, if anything, I'd say you feel like people share your anxiety. I think one of the worst things about suffering from mm. anxiety is people and we say, find this. People say, "Don't worry," yeah, or it's just fine, don't worry. Or, it's yeah. okay. People yeah. used to say, "It's okay," and you want to say, "I know it's okay." <laughs> Intellectually, but I'm, so worried about it. but I'm still sweating, and my <laughs> hair's still falling out. Um, it's it's a cortisone. Reaction. Yeah. It's an adrenaline cortisone reaction. So it's a very physical illness. Literally in hindbrain. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a physical illness that people don't really understand. So just saying, don't worry, doesn't help. However, worrying does spark off the adrenaline and the cortisol. So it means that if you're worried about something, you start to get an, a, a feeling for what that's like. What I would say is um, if you have issues, I don't have OCD, um, but I do have some issues around compulsions, locking doors and checking things and washing hands particularly when I had a newborn. I remember once changing Ada's nappy about four or five times before you took over because I felt like I never had it quite right. Um, And I've definitely been a little bit weirder about hand washing than I usually would be. And this constant... It's a really great thing, and I retweeted it when it first came. The guy who did Mm -hmm. the really cool... um, Infographic. Well, what's the thing where you can put in the lyrics? Yes. Yeah. Is that an infographic? You can put in the lyrics of a song. So so there was a, a, a formal piece of literature created showing you how to wash your hands correctly um, with instructions underneath each underneath each frame. But then somebody built a really cool little tool that would, um, instead of putting the formal instructions underneath each frame showing you what to do, it would match it with song lyrics, 
with the intention. I don't think it actually worked particularly well because the the, the whole idea was rather than singing Happy Birthday twice, it would put you on your favourite song lyrics, but it wasn't based on the tempo of the song. So no, I know, so it doesn't actually make sense. But no, I, I kind of, I'm kind of, I don't need to be thinking about hand washing any more than I currently am thinking about hand washing. Mm. And I know you really like that song from, I don't know, Rocky Horror Picture Show, or whatever it might be. Mm. But I, 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 don't need, I don't need to see that anymore. I get that joke. That joke's yeah, all yeah. done now. It's well done, folks. Well yes. done. So when you go to the supermarket, everyone's freaking out because there's no pasta. So yeah, you were at the supermarket. You're like, yeah, this is mental. You went to the supermarket today to pick up some stuff and it was the first time you'd been out with the post-escalation yeah. um, of bananas. I advice believe it. around coronavirus. Yeah, I thought people in Dundee are pretty rigid. Stoic. And, yeah. Right, you know, there were empty shelves. Yeah. And you said even, you know, you'd been going along the sort of pasta shelf and you'd seen that um, people had been buying pasta and you were like, oh, should I buy... Should, you do, you, get, you kind of get into it. Although I was laughing because the fancier shapes of pasta yeah. were still all there. So the spaghetti was gone, the fusilli was gone. So spaghetti was gone, but the was gone. linguine wasn't gone. <laughs> Bucatini? No, not in there. <laughs> I'd rather die. <laughs> I'd rather starve. And you, you showed me a brilliant tweet, just like a stock image of like fully stocked <laughs> oh, yeah. shelves of toilet roll. And it was just, he's been! <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm not. I'm, I mean, I think I think this isn't a very pop culture podcast. No. no. Anyway, is there any more media we can read? I think I'm done. I've again been. I've been because I got my new Kindle. I've been trying to read more books, so I've been reading uh, my Pratchett. Listen still. To, listen to Hamilton. Listen to Hamilton. We've you know. Um, do, would you like to tell the lovely people about um, my propensity to put some light jazz on <laughs> as a sort of oral screensaver for some reason whenever when chris thinks things are going well he puts on some like jazz because i think in his head I no think... no in your head i think you think if ada's playing nicely and you're getting to sit down with a cup of tea what would perfect this picture in your mind would be some light jazz like if you saw that on tv a dad sitting drinking a coffee and a kid playing nicely and there was light jazz you'd be like wow that guy's really got, <laughs> He's got it together, together. <laughs> like why don't you put on some thrash metal it's gonna be light jazz <laughs> is, is that... not even like Acid jazz. It's actually called chilled jazz. It's a playlist on <laughs> so Spotify. Annoying. Sometimes when I'm trying to talk and there's just like a saxophone going, I'm like, oh God, put that off. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I'm sorry, guys. Anyway. Low ebb. So we, th- yeah, uh, again. I think this is more uh, of a cry for help. <laughs> pre- there was pre-record bickering. Yeah. That's just a, a feature of our lives. So <laughs> we think we've got two episodes left. If there's, if there's ten. Who knows? So we think this is episode eight. There's probably two more to go. Um, we might be wrong. Please tell us. Yeah. So the, 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 Jonathan like, will tell we, us. We, uh, Jonathan, Hi, Jonathan. <laughs> please, God, um, keep us right. So there are um, uh, two main ways you can get... Actually, three. And the third way, I keep forgetting to say, so three main ways you can get in touch. We have got Hypicard on Twitter. Yep. There is Hypicard at gmail.com, which I don't think I've ever checked, so try not to yeah, use that. Yeah, you could have some amazing emails in there. There might be. I'll, I'll go check it now. But there's also... Cease and desist. And I keep forgetting... <laughs> I keep forgetting to tell you, even you this, Jenny. Um, so we distribute this... We host this podcast and distribute it through Anchor. And they've got a facility whereby you can leave messages. You, the listener, <laughs> can leave messages. What so would if they you say? Look in the show notes for this or any other episode, you'll see yeah. a link at the bottom to say how you can leave a voicemail style message. Mm. And you can just um, tap that link and it will fire you into a web browser or something similar. And you can leave a message for us. And we, pr- all, like 97% 
definitely we'll include it in next week's episode if you want to ask us something or tell us something or recommend some media that you please, think please don't ask me, us anything yeah we but yeah you could recommend something absolutely oh god anyway let's let's call that done Let, let's just remember the, the quote you know some projects are never finished they're just abandoned <laughs> <laughs> somebody said somebody important said that you know the bit in Iron Man or something. <laughs> you know the bit in Iron Man when um, he's in the cave and he's like Robert Downey Jr. is like in his vest he's like hammering the thing and then he gets all the like ar- Mark 1 armour on and then he like blasts his way out of the cave and like flies and like lands in the desert then Rhodey and the crew the original Rhodey and the crew come and rescue him and he's like next time you ride with me yeah I just thought it would end on that high that image <laughs> So, listener, next time you ride with us. <laughs> oh.